Welcome to the Made for Memories podcast, where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in Canada. Presented by Len Thompson and Northern King Lures. Here are your hosts, brother and sister duo, Brad Pallister and Jessica Pallister Dew. What an intro. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to the Made for Memories podcast. We are here with Mr. Jason Lawton. Hi, Jay. How are we doing? We're doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Good. So uh, for those of you who don't know who Jason Lawton is, Jay is a local celebrity, which he will deny. <laughs> he will deny this, but he is. He's a local celebrity in the Lakeland region. But I'm going to start from the beginning. Jason is an avid outdoorsman who has extensive experience pursuing big game and trophy fish right across Canada. Jay has also made a career in the outdoors industry as a sales professional for CSI Sporting Goods, a Canadian distributor specializing in hunting, fishing, camping, and giftware. He also co-hosts the Outdoor Adventures podcast with Ken Wichipin. The podcast discusses hunting and fishing in the Lakeland region. So Jay is a much more experienced podcaster than Brad and I. So we are here to learn. How many episodes? How many episodes has it have you done? Holy smokes. You know what? We started off uh, a number of years ago and we were just on the radio. It was a, it was a smaller, you know, not, a, not in a podcast format. It was just, you know, a half hour segment on the radio. And then it, uh, and it ended up turning into a, a full blown podcast that they still actually put on one of the local uh, radio stations here in uh, Cold Lake while the Lakeland region. You actually go into a studio and record. So it's like legit. Brad and I got to go on your show once when we were in the area and, you know, you get the big microphones and we snuck in some beers. Don't tell anybody. And it was just a good time. It was, it was, we did sneak in a few beers and you guys brought them. Those, uh, those are the, uh, the five of diamonds Pilsner. If I, if I remember correctly. Blind membrane. Deliciously refreshing for your throat when you're doing a podcast. And what is the protocol on uh, on beers in the office space? So the uh, yeah the five items pilsner is, is well stocked in the fridge upstairs, although the staff are are not encouraged to partake during business hours. You you guys were talking, or sorry, Jessica, you were talking about me being a celebrity. I would have to say that uh, you guys at the Len Thompson, you're you're featured on. You have your own feature beer. I would say that you guys are uh, are the celebrities here. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we we're we're working on being big deals. Once we get to 100 plus episodes of a podcast, then uh, I might have to take the trophy away from you and Ken. Well on your way. Well on your way, guys. And I've listened to everyone so far, including the introduction. And uh, I think you guys are nailing it. It's awesome. And I think what you guys are doing is uh, is great for not only the region, but just all over in the uh, the industry. So keep up the good work. So we, we are, the whole purpose of the podcast, it's called Made for Memories because we're, we're trying to um, bring in a little bit about how the industry helps make memories through um, the manufacturing process that we do, obviously made for memories, and then get into the retail side and then the distribution side. And the cool thing about you, 
Jay, is that you have you've been a consumer, and then you've been uh, in the wholesale business, and then you went to retail for a bit, and then you went back to wholesale. And so, correct me if I'm wrong, but have you been? Is your whole adult life been in the outdoor industry professionally? Yeah, very, very close. Uh, straight out of high school, actually, I, uh, I worked for a company. It was uh, FXR. You see their jackets, snowmobile suits all over the place. And, uh, and they, the owner of that company actually lived just uh, just up the road from me. So straight out of high school, jumped right into uh, right into working at FXR and ended up getting into sales. And I just knew, you know, at an early age that that wasn't, uh, wasn't going to be the be all end all for me. I didn't grow up or around dirt bikes and, and, uh, snowmobiles. I mean, we had them, but it wasn't the, the race setting that, uh, that the FXR is kind of more, uh, more geared towards. So, uh, I, I had the opportunity, uh, the continental sports or CSI Canada was looking for a, a sales rep to, uh, to go up into Saskatchewan area and, uh, and do some repping up there. And I had some sales experience through FXR and, uh, just seemed to be a really good fit. I, and, but yeah, going up to Prince Albert, I kind of had this, uh, this dream of going up to the, the bush and Lakeland, uh, Lakeland country and selling, uh, selling fish hooks and hunting supplies to, and then also, uh, you know, doing a lot of, of fishing and hunting, hunting in the area. And that's, uh, that's kind of not in Prince Albert anymore, moved across to Cold Lake. I live, uh, live in Cold Lake now, but I've got to uh, got to experience a lot of a lot of good fishing and hunting, and, and met a lot of good people, and made a lot of good relationships through through this industry, as well as uh, you know on on all ends, both the manufacturing and uh, retail and wholesale uh, sides of it. So you so you had a boat in retail as well, um, and um, tell us like I, I guess I guess tell us the kind of the, the biggest differences between selling. Uh, what you're doing now to retailers versus selling to the consumer? Yeah, well, <clears throat> so I actually had done wholesale out of out of Saskatchewan, and then uh, when I moved to Cold Lake, that's when we uh, that's when I got into the retail thing. So I actually had done normally it goes uh, you know wholesale or retail to wholesale, but I kind of did wholesale retail and then back to wholesale, kind of mixed up the mixed up the the progression uh, for for what it would be for most people, but. Um, retail, I, I did enjoy it. I, I really, it's more of a hands-on, uh, experience where you're actually dealing with the customers, um, on a little, little more personal, uh, basis. And I don't want to say that in the wrong way, because obviously working, uh, working wholesale, you build those relationships with the, uh, with the retailers and, uh, relationships, uh, all across the board I found has been key for sure. You want to, you want to have the best relationships with customers, whether that's in retail or wholesale, but uh, retail, it seemed like it was a little more hands-on where uh, you know, you're in there day in and day out uh, people come in and they're looking to you for the, for the knowledge and, and the expertise when, uh, when they walk into your store and you're, you're explaining whether it's, you know, how to, we did a lot of archery uh, with the shop that we had. So obviously archery and fishing were big. Uh, so if you're setting up a, a, a new person with on the archery end of things, or even in the fishing, uh, in the fishing world, they're coming to you for that, uh, for that expertise, where if you're going to these, you know, specialized fishing and hunting shops, they normally know as much or, or uh, sometimes even more than what, uh, what you do. So it's, it's a little different in that sense, but uh, overall, I, I, I 
if you had to pick one, I, I kind of enjoy the, the freedoms of, uh, of the wholesale end of things, but retail, there was, when you get a guy that comes in and he's asking you questions and then you, you set them up the way that you would do it. And then you, uh, you send them on their way. They come back to you later on, uh, you know, whether it's a week later, a month later, whenever, and they, they come in with their phone and they're showing you pictures of the first bear that they ever shot or the first deer they ever got, or, you know, uh, fish pictures or you see dad comes in with a little kid and and uh they're showing you pictures of a of a little of a, the little guy getting uh, getting his first fish or whatever that's uh you know i don't know if you can beat that so there's there's positives to both of it for sure but uh i like where i'm at now and uh hopefully we'll continue uh continue here for a while it would be very rewarding seeing how your recommendation actually turned into a memory for somebody and a special moment. Absolutely. It's uh, and that's, I'm sure you guys see it on your end too, right? You uh, you're making the, the best, uh, the best spoons that are out there. And you, I'm sure you see it too, where guys come in and they're holding the fish and there's a, uh, you know, it's a special hook that you've recommended or, or even just, you know, that you guys have, have made, you get a, a big satisfaction in being able to be a, a part of that memory. So. It's, uh, you know, we're all doing, all doing good things. And that's one thing I found in the industry. Also, you, you, you really meet a lot of good people and everybody's kind of in the same direction, you know, heading in the same direction. They want the, the good things uh, of life and what the outdoors has to offer. I think that that you hit the nail on the head there, because I think it's an under scoring value. Most of the time, the people in our industry really value the outside, no matter if that's fishing, hunting, camping, like there's something that they're super passionate about because they've had wonderful experiences in that area. And, you know, you have the opportunity to, to give that to others, you know, in a small way. So I agree. You, you do get disconnected from it. I do find when you're just stuck in your email and stuck in projects and stuck in the factory, you kind of lose sight of it sometimes, but man, my top memories are lots of them are on the water. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, uh, yeah, it just kind of reminds you of what, uh, what you're doing it all for. So you are a bit of a multifaceted outdoors you've got a lot of, uh, archery experience, uh, some rifle experience as well. Um, what percentage of your, time is spent outdoor fishing versus hunting as a total guess oof that's uh are, are we talking lifetime or uh, or now uh, currently or whatever man reference maybe like what would you if you, if you could split it in your own way I really, I really do enjoy fishing for sure it's uh, it's definitely a, a passion for sure if, uh, if hunting was open, if there were seasons year round of hunting, I think the fishing, uh, might take a little bit of a backseat to the hunting of, uh, I, if, if this is the question, uh, I would say hunt, hunting first and then, uh, fishing would be second, but fishing would be a very close second. And, uh, and I enjoy them both. And like you had alluded to earlier, you know, just being outside, uh, you know, even sh- going out shed hunting and, uh, you know, walking in the hills. I, I, I guess to go back and answer your question, I'd say maybe uh, two thirds hunting, a third fishing. And I would say probably in my lifetime, that would be, uh, that would be close. I've spent many hours in a, 
in a tree stand uh, back home in Manitoba, even in Saskatchewan, did some hunting. And then obviously for the last number of years up here in, in Alberta, the, the morning, first thing in the morning, all the way till dark at nighttime, all day sits in November, get a little, get a little cold. But if you start adding up all the hours that you're spending out there, sometimes, uh, yeah, it ends up, uh, I think, get dwarfing uh, the, the amount of hours that I, uh, I spend fishing. Did you know that Brad traded his fishing rod in for a rifle this year for the very first time? Fishing rod for the rifle. And what are we hunting, Brad? Well, I wouldn't say I traded it in. I mean, I have, I have as much success catching deer as I do fish. It seems like it's, uh, I mostly went for a four day walk in the woods with a rifle on my back, but it sure was nice. Absolutely. I, uh, I, like I say, I, I enjoy the hunting. I, I enjoy the fishing too. If, uh, if you're walking around for four days, it's, uh, it's better than sitting on the couch for four days. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people in this industry kind of share that same, uh, that same vision, that same passion. Uh, you won't see too many people that are, you know, curled up in front of the TV for too many hours. Cause there's, uh, there's, they know what's out there for, uh, for experiences outside of, uh, outside of the four walls. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 to switch gears a little bit, what, how did the Outdoor Adventures podcast come to be? Well, as, uh, as I had said, moving to Cold Lake when I was for a retail shop and uh, there was a, a good friend now, but at the time, Ken Wichapin, he's, uh, he's the actual local celebrity around here. He's been uh, doing it for a long time and uh, he actually had a, a TV show, a, a local TV show for a little while. And, and uh, just through having the retail shop and it went hand in hand with what, uh, what he was doing on the radio, uh, I, uh, I got to be friends. We ended up sponsoring the show with our retail store. Uh, we sponsored the show. So he would have me come on before sale days or, you know, whenever there was uh, an event or even just as, as kind of things progressed, we, uh, we found that we had a lot of uh, a lot of similar interests, both uh, both hunting and fishing, and just outdoorsy. And and again, he's more of a fisherman. I'm more of a hunter, so it kind of worked out well that uh, that we kind of covered the whole the whole spectrum of the outdoors uh, between the two of us. So I ended up he ended up naming me co-host uh, when we were just just doing the radio show, and then uh, and then the the producers of the radio show had decided, you know, it's. It's nice that people can listen, but if they if they ever miss it or whatever, that's kind of their one shot deal listening live as we're doing it on the radio. So if they uh, if they were to just record it and, and make it downloadable in a podcast, then uh, they, people can listen at uh, at any time. So it's it kind of worked out well uh, worked out well all around. You know, I, I teased you a little bit about being a local celebrity, but that's only because when we were setting this up, we chatted on the phone briefly. And you were kind of explaining to me that you thought it was wild that people tuned in regularly. So Brad's like an avid listener. How do you prepare yourself for that kind of success? Because we're, we're going to have to prepare ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you guys will, uh, will be taking over the, the, success, uh, the success rate in short order. I love the way you guys are doing it, uh, you know, doing this on, uh, on film and whatnot. Like you said, we do it out of a, out, actually right out of a radio station with, uh, you know, with the mics and, and stuff that you were talking about. So 
because we're on the radio, everything's live. So it's, it's difficult to, you know, if all of a sudden you're having a coughing fit or something like that, that's a, you can edit some stuff out, but it's, uh, it's a little trickier. So I, I do like the way you guys are doing it. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. Well, we are fancy. Did you see our fancy microphones? See, look. I did. I did. I can uh, fancy. Fancy Brad's in his uh, in his screen as we speak, and that test. That makes it look professional. I'll tell you that. When I ordered the microphones, that's when Brad knew that we were actually doing this thing. It's uh, it's a real deal. How how do you guys and you know again asking questions back i don't know if that's uh, that's what you're after here but i i have so many questions always uh how, how do you guys decide you know so far everybody that you've had on on the podcast has been terrific you know and are these all people that you've always interacted with and then have relationships with or are you kind of trying to branch out and get into some different uh different fields that maybe you don't know the person behind the mic i think we'll, we'll get there eventually right now we're I think we're trying to uh, reach out to people that we've met in the industry who have different perspectives. It's great. There's a wealth of knowledge, and I think that's uh, that's something that's important too. Is a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, to get into the whether it's fishing or hunting or you know even outdoorsy stuff. You know, it's just a matter of going out and doing it. It's but it can be intimidating for some people. So if uh, you know if you can shine some light on uh, on ways to start off or, or go about it. It's, uh, you know, podcasts like these, I think go a long ways for people like that. When people came into the store and they were complete rookies and they wanted to get into fishing, what was kind of your biggest piece of advice for them? Yeah. Like I said, I think, uh, you know, just getting out there and, and getting out there and trying, trying new things and then doing different things. Obviously it, it would depend if they, uh, if they were, totally brand new to it and and looking for a spot to go or a place to a place to go to just catch fish then because i i've been living here for a while i know a bunch of the lakes here uh it's easy to point them in the direction of just being able to go and and catch some fish if that's their uh if that's their goal if they're after the lake trout which is a huge draw up in the in the cold lake area then you're obviously setting them up with a, a little different gear a little different tackle than uh than you would for somebody who's maybe just going for you know perch or something like that let's say a, a family comes in and you have some some youngins uh that you just want to be able to put them on a few fish or whatever there's some lakes around here where maybe you're only catching the little you know little five six inch perch but you can you can take out the kids and keep them entertained and, and keep the fish coming and so you send them to those type of lakes so i would say a big part of what I would do to, to first start off would be, you know, listen to what their, uh, what their objectives are going out fishing, right? If they're, if they're looking for a meal, something to take home and, and actually, uh, you know, eat, then that's a little different than just going out and keeping the kids entertained for, uh, for a few hours in the afternoon. It, it, the biggest thing was knowing what they, what they were after out of their, uh, out of their circumstances and, and try to set them in the, set them in the right direction. I want to, uh, before we get into kind of the, the rapid fire part of our discussion, rapid fire questions, I want to go back to the area of the business that you spent the most amount of time in, which is wholesale. So what is the biggest challenge right now? Cause wholesale is kind of like that, that's that, um, 
maybe the silent part of the business that people don't see the, you know, people see the facing retailers or, or whatnot, but uh, in a lot of cases without wholesale, uh, the, the, the world doesn't, doesn't turn in terms of retail. So tell us the biggest challenge with, with wholesale and uh, why you like it so much. Well, uh, I would have to say wholesale right now with, uh, with COVID hopefully coming to an end here, um, we're, we're going to run into uh, uh, hopefully not have these issues, but right now just uh, the, the amount of back orders, the amount of, uh, you know, product availability, I guess, would be the answer to that. It, it's been very difficult. You know, a lot of the stuff is, uh, is sourced overseas in the Orient and, uh, you know, they, you shut down a factory over there and they're not able to go to work because of the COVID outbreak for however long, weeks, months, whatever the, whatever the case is, everything seems like it's pushed back in these last couple of years. And on top of that with COVID is actually a good thing. And I'm sure you guys had seen it in, uh, in your business as well. It's been a good thing. It's got a lot of people off the couch. A lot of people have time to be able to go out and do the fishing and do the hunting and, and, and spend the time outdoors. And I think it's just kind of, woken a few people up to uh you know that there's there's more to life than uh, sitting in front of the screens all the time so i think it's actually been uh, it's been a good thing uh not everything out of covid's been bad uh but the biggest challenge i would say right now is just the uh you know being able to to source product and uh and that's kind of been been the issue uh these days for sure but outside of that i mean that's uh I guess that's a good problem to have if you're uh, if you're selling everything you got. That's uh, that's a good problem to have. Absolutely. And what what's what's your favorite uh, challenge in the in the in the industry? Why do you keep going back to wholesale? What what drives you there? Yeah, the uh, I would have to say the the freedom for sure, uh, and then just the relationships. You, a lot of like minded people. I know we've uh, we've talked whether it's on. Uh, on the podcast before and you guys had come over uh, after you just find it real easy to for almost everybody that you're you're dealing with obviously there's a there's going to be the odd outlier but uh, for the most part everyone's like-minded enjoy the outdoors and and people I find that spend more time outdoors and and do the fishing and hunting or whatever it is I mean just being outdoors and and uh, you know enjoying what uh, what the world has to offer uh, outside of the four walls and and out from behind the screens and people like that are the are the people that I can relate with and uh, uh, in this industry obviously a lot of those a lot of those people are all like-minded and uh, and share the same values and passions nice Jess you got any other questions I have one more question what in your opinion is going to happen in the next little while in terms of demand. So we've had a lot of discussions about, you know, obviously there's been a boost in the outdoors industry, which we just, you just spoke about, but how many people do you think we're going to retain? Do you think it's a permanent boost? I would love to say yes. And uh, I would hope that that is the case. Uh, that being said, things already, uh, I know up here, Cold Lake area, things are getting busier guys that were working a week on week off shift are now working overtime. And, and unfortunately when, uh, when people get busy and it's, uh, it seems like nowadays everything's about the dollar. And uh, unfortunately I, I think people are going to be, you know, sucked back into, you know, working, working the overtime shifts and, and stuff like that. I really hope that that's not the case. I want to, I, 
want to say that, uh, you know, things just keep going and trending in this direction. And I'm sure for a lot of people that maybe weren't exposed to it, new people, I've talked to a bunch around the area that never had hunted before, never picked up a fishing rod before. And now they're hooked. You know that they're not, uh, you know, they're not going to summer without fishing or an ice fishing season without fishing or uh, hunting season without uh, trying to put put some meat in the freezer or, or whatever the case is. I've talked to lots of people like that. So I'm sure that we will retain the a bunch of them, but uh, I I could see a little bit of a dip, especially compared to what's uh, what's been going on the last uh, the last couple of years. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we got 100% uh, retention and uh, and everybody's out there making memories, uh, making memories in the, in the outdoors. Well, I think that people have invested a little bit into it too, right? So hopefully that encourages them to to keep going and and keep giving it an honest try. Absolutely. All right. Rapid, Rapid fire. fire. Thanks. You ready? <laughs> Are you familiar with the rules of rapid fire, Jay? I am. I am. And if I can make one recommendation, I, I think you should have a, a small little uh, window up behind either one of behind you on the wall with a 30 second timer oh. so, uh, so that people don't run run over because I, I heard that somebody's maybe a little uh, critical on the on the timing of the rapid fire answers not critical just trying to enforce the rules 30 seconds so i hold up my phone so you can see the countdown Perfect. So, hope, so hopefully that that's acceptable as a solution for you so i hold this up oh terrific okay Jess, right. you, go, you go first this time okay Question number one. Are you ready? Born ready. What is the most exotic place you have ever been fishing? Go. Exotic place. Well, I would have to say down in Mexico, I went on a, on a deep sea fishing trip with, uh, with some friends. This was uh, pretty fresh straight out of, uh, straight out of high school. And uh, down in Mexico, there were six of us gone fishing, caught barracuda, grouper, all sorts of different fish uh, there. Uh, great fishing trip and one thing that surprised me they don't uh, they don't throw anything back there but that would have to be the most exotic second would be the fraser river hmm. catching some sturgeon did some sturgeon fishing it was a terrific time that was uh, probably for the fishing i would say more memorable than uh, than the, the mexico trip but exotic wise i would say uh, I would i would have to say it was in down in mexico Question number two. Your girlfriend Alicia has posted some monster fish on social media. What is your best fishing memory with her? And why does she seem to constantly outfish you? This is your chance to earn brownie points. Ready? 30 yeah. seconds on the clock. Go. She outfishes me because she's a better fisherman. I like to chalk it up is she has the best guide out there but uh, no she's uh, I think just her passion for fishing is uh, is stronger is actually stronger than mine believe it or not I think that's why uh, she wills the big fish into into biting her hooks so and uh, yeah I would have to say also her catching bigger fish than me she's caught some absolute monsters and uh yeah, that's, I'm always just as happy. Same with, uh, same with going hunting with new people. 
uh, I'm just as happy for them to be uh, catching those fish than it is for me to catch them. Sorry, I went over. Point deducted, Mr. J. Laden. I was going for bounty points. Okay. <laughs> uh, question number three. You made us the most delicious deer. Two, two years ago, it was 2020. We were doing our fishing for food banks tour. We stopped for the podcast. You invited us over for dinner. You're an excellent chef. It was amazing. Kudos to you. Um, do you have a go-to secret recipe for fish? Oof. Go. Go-to secret recipe for fish. If I am entertaining a big group of people, I'm a big fan of beer batter. I feel like anybody can do that. So anyone who's listening that wants to you know, do a bunch of fish, if you have a lot of fish and are entertaining a bunch of people, I'm a big fan of the beer batter. Uh, otherwise, I'm actually a pretty simple guy, some flour, pepper, a little bit of seasoning salt. And, uh, and that's about all I use. Sometimes I, uh, I'll venture into the panko uh, breadcrumbs as well. Well done. 30 seconds on the mark. Question number four, your most intense outdoor experience ever. It does not have to be fishing. I've, uh, I've done a lot of bear hunting and I would have to say some of my, uh, my bear adventures are, are the most intense for sure. Um, there was, uh, there was a time it wasn't the biggest bear. He, uh, he decided he was pretty snarly though. And as he was coming up the tree at me, he was snarling the whole way up. And I actually had to pop an arrow out of my quiver and whack him on the nose to, to get him to go back down the, down the tree. <laughs> that counts as intense. I would say. <laughs> That was fairly intense. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that, uh, the ones that I would, you know, that little bear in my opinion, sorry, just going into a real quick other story, that little bear. I mean, if you get into it with them, I think, uh, I think you're coming out on top, but you're going to get scraped up pretty bad. He was maybe, you know, he wouldn't have been a hundred pounds. Uh, there was, uh, one time Alicia and I were out ice fishing and, uh, we're going across the ice and I could see a crack. The ice was good, you know, real probably a foot and a half, two feet thick, but it wasn't late, late in the season where it's three feet. And uh, I could see a crack where the ice had opened up a little bit, just a small crack. And it went in front of, you know, all of a sudden it disappears in front of the truck. And so we're going to be driving over it. Well, what I didn't realize was that underneath the snow, there was a bunch of flood water. So I saw the crack go over top of the crack. And then all of a sudden, all the slush flies up onto the windshield and we dropped down. It felt like we dropped down a couple inches as we went over that crack. And uh, that was pretty intense too. I, uh, I thought, I thought we were going down and it was on cold lake. So it'd have been a hundred plus feet of water. Not that it really matters if it's over your head, it's over your head, but it was, uh, it, it, that was also pretty intense. Yeah. Do you know anybody who's put their truck in cold lake? Uh, I do not, uh, not to the bottom, not in deep, uh, not in the deep waters, but I do know people that have, uh, put their both a side by side. And then another guy actually sank his truck right at the sandbar in, in long Bay, but that was, uh, you know, the sandbar is pretty, it's pretty shallow over there. So check your ice thicknesses people. That's right. Safety first. Jessica, question number five. You quite often talk about gear on your podcast. If you were stranded on an island with only three outdoor items, what would you bring? 
Yeah. I would see a fire starter of some sort for sure, whether that's a waterproof matches, a lighter. I think the waterproof matches are probably a little bit better than the lighter, but a fire starter of some sort, I would say a good knife would go a long ways for sure. Um, and then I'd, I'd have to say probably a, a fishing rod and a Len Thompson lure because, you know, you can, catch, uh, you can catch any fish that's out there on a Len Thompson. Suck up. Two points <laughs> to Jay. Nine points. <laughs> Question number six. What is the most irritating thing about your co-host, Ken Witchman? Yeah, I'd have to say... Very, very similar to Alicia, he outfishes me fairly consistent, consistently. So that's pretty irritating. Uh, when it comes to him, I'm a little less, uh, Alicia, I'm, I'm super happy when she outfishes me. When Ken does it, no. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, your most interesting retail customer experience. I had a customer come in and we had an archery range there. Archery was a big part of it. I walk around the corner and he's standing there with my personal bow in his hand about to draw it back. Now, anyone who archery hunts know he don't dry fire a bow. He didn't have an arrow in it. So I was already a little upset at him. He goes, draws the, or I'd set him up with an arrow. He draws the bow back and he had overextended himself. And if you're familiar with string slapping on your arm, that's what he ended up doing almost to the point of blood. That was, uh, that was pretty, pretty exciting. And I, most people that I'm watching when they're, uh, you know, shooting a bow for the first time, you make sure that they've got the right bend in their arm and they're, when they're drawing back and yeah, he, uh, I was, I honestly probably didn't care enough, uh, after he had picked up someone else's bow and that's, that's a no, no. So I wasn't paying attention enough and yeah, he, he smacked himself. I asked him if he wanted another arrow. He was good after one. <laughs> Question number eight, the best part of working with your sibling and go. We've talked many times, Mike and I, so he works for the same company at CSI. Uh, I, I would have to say the cool thing is we have very similar jobs. He works out of Saskatchewan, took over some of the, the customers that I used to deal with. So we both have different relationships with the same customer, which is pretty neat. But being able to travel, we've traveled, we've gone to a lot of different shows in a lot of different cities. And, uh, and it's just been a, been a great time. Quite often we're, uh, we're cheersing, uh, cheersing a beer in a different city, a different month. It's, uh, it's been a, quite the ride. You want to know what Brad said when I asked him what his favorite part of working with me was? Oh boy. That I did social media and I handled IT stuff. Like, at least you said something nice. And she was traveling with him, sharing, sharing some beverages. So you guys have a room separating you guys right now or a wall separating you guys right now? Yeah. I've got a, I've got a province separating myself from my brother. Right now. <laughs> that probably so maybe, helps. Maybe that changes things. You know, I probably would have, would have had a different answer if it, uh, if it was, you know, eight years ago when I was still working out of, uh, working out of Manitoba. That's the end of rapid fire. Well done. I think you only lost. He only lost one there, and then he got an extra point from Jess for brown nosing. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate it. That's uh, yeah, I think this is a, an awesome segment that you guys are doing again. Uh, something that maybe we're, we'll have to look at doing for, uh, for our podcast, uh, you know, going forward, different, uh, different segment. I really, uh, really have enjoyed all the ones that I've listened to and being a part of this one. Well, thank you. So if you've listened to them all, you know, your next assignment, right? Are you prepared? I, I am prepared. I am prepared. I, uh, I being in the industry so long, of course, I've heard lots of, uh, lots of good outdoor jokes. So outdoor. is it PG 13? Of course it is. You know, me. Okay. Everything okay. All right. It's your turn to tell your best fishing joke best fishing joke uh all right so what kind of song should you listen to while fishing i'm not going to ruin it but i think i know the answer a catchy one a catchy one (laughs) jess would you have got that i would have i've heard that one oh okay okay i've also heard the version of um a good jig well jay we really appreciate you being on our podcast and taking the time to speak with us today appreciate and uh and i'm honored to to have been chosen to to come on the podcast uh, at the at the ground roots i i'd imagine you know as things progress it's uh, it's only going to get bigger and better so i'm uh, i'm pumped for you guys glad you took the leap uh, to do this and uh, i'm looking forward to what's uh, what's to come thank you thanks for coming jay uh, before we go, where can people listen to your podcast and find out more about that? Yeah, the podcast is actually called the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. You have to put the the in there before. I've, uh, I've had a few people look for it and, and say they couldn't find it. So it's the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. And then uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is Outdoor Adventures, the podcast. So if you want to check us out on there, uh, just like you guys are doing, we'll, we'll put the links up Uh on uh, Apple iPlay, Spotify, wherever, uh, wherever you're getting your podcast, you can find us. So. Sounds good. Thanks, Jay. You're done. Thanks, guys. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Made for Memories podcast. Happy fishing.